Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. What is up, Radiant Church? Are you glad to be at church today? Man, I am so glad that you're here today. My name is Aaron Burke. I'm the lead pastor of Radiant Church. We are one church in eight different locations that are joining us right now. And I'm telling you, God is doing supernatural things through his church. And so I want to greet him. I want to first of all greet our West Chase location. It's our brand new location just opened two weeks ago. God is doing amazing things. We have people getting baptized there today. Come on, give God some praise for what God's doing there. And uh, I'm, I'm so pumped about what the Lord's doing at West Chase. We got our Pinellas County campuses with St. Pete and Clearwater. Our Clearwater building is under construction. It's getting ready to open. I'm super pumped about that. We got our North Tampa location. God gave us a building there. Also, that's under construction. Should be opening in a couple months. Excited about that. The Heights, if you not know this, um, and if you miss on a morning, I know we have people joining us online right now too. You can always join me at 5 p.m. at the Heights. Almost always, about 90% of the time, I preach that service live. It's like the most un- edited, the most raw, you want like the, the weirdest, kind of craziest version of Radiant, you come to the 5 p.m. It's awesome. So we got that at the Heights. We got our Brandon location. Love what God's doing there, Brandon. South Tampa, you guys are, we're packed out here. Overflow, it's full. It's amazing. Uh, I'm just glad you're at church. And, and I do want to just welcome our guest. I'm so pumped that you're with us today at all of our campuses. And um, I know that our location pastors have already honored you, but I want you to know you're in the right place at the right time. God's got you here for a purpose. So can we honor our guests? today. Make them feel super loved. Well, we are in part three of our series called It's Not You, It's it's me, and we're talking all things relationships. We're talking about all things marriage and dating and life. It's it's going to be a fun um, series that we're doing, and I just want you to know this: like, if um, it, you need to be here the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be diving into some crucial stuff on marriage next week, um, and then two weeks from today, we'll be talking about sex. It'll be very interesting and very fun, and uh, you don't want to miss it. I'm telling you, this is one of our most popular series we do all year long, and we're trying to figure out how to do life God's way. And so we've been so indoctrinated by cold when it comes to relationships, and I'm trying to help fix that. So I'm going to bring God's word today. I'm going to do it a little bit quicker than I normally do it because we have, let me just say this, we have about 120 people getting baptized today across our locations. Come on, give God praise. It's a big deal. That's a remarkable thing that God's doing. So, um, and, and, and so we're excited. We're going to do those at the end of every service. And so we got people here at every one of our services getting baptized. So we'll, we'll release you in a little bit to do that. But um, I told you in week one about how country, uh, you know, music kind of messed us up when it came to relationships. And then, then I talked to you about Disney last week and how Disney kind of messed us up. And then I, I, want you, I want to talk a little bit about romantic comedies. Come rom-coms. Come on, where are my, my rom-com fans in the house? Like... <laughs> Like, I looked at some of the rom-coms, and I was thinking about uh, Never Been Kissed. You have to think about this with Drew Barrymore, a reporter. She goes undercover as, like, a, a high school student. But I think it's bizarre because there's so many problems. Like, I just want to re-teach you about how crazy Hollywood has taught us about relationships. First of all, this girl is having a kind of crush on another student, and she's an adult. That student, it's weird. And then, and then her teacher ends up liking her. And so, like, let me just say this. It's not a movie about love. It's a movie about predators. Like, that's weird. <laughs> All right, so we got Miss Congeniality. Like, come on, that, that was on one of those movies where you got this tomboy who, who's kind of in a relationship. He's always criticizing her and critiquing her. And then she has a makeover, and all of a sudden, he's back in love with her again. Like, like the, the lesson is, like, it's not a, it, it's a movie that teaches you, like, listen, it's all about looks. And, and if he's all about only your looks, let me tell you, run from that guy right there. 
Right, here's the third one, and I grew up on this movie, Clueless. Come on, how many uh, Clueless fans right there? Clueless, uh, so many problems. First of all, like these, they have zero interests that are the same in this movie. And then the biggest issue with the movie Clueless is that they are stepbrothers and sisters. Like, <laughs> that's weird. Here, here's a, just a general rule. If you can bump into them at a family reunion, they're off limits. Let me just say that. Uh, my best friend's wedding. Come on, I grew up watching that one. And I would say, it's like, you know, they were like best friends for years and they were all excited. And, and they're like, hey, listen, if we ever don't get married, let's get married to each other, which is a weird backup plan. And then obviously he gets engaged and it gets really complicated. Moral of the story, there's a certain age where you stop having a best friend of the opposite sex. Can I just say that right across there, it just is going to complicate the relationship. And let me give you one more. Just, it's not a rom-com, but it's a romantic movie that really shaped our life. And I just want you to know how wrong it taught us. And that's the movie Titanic, ladies and gentlemen. And, and, and let me just say this. There was room on the door for Jack and Rose. If she'll let you freeze in the water, she's not the girl for you. Can I just say that right there? Amen? We'll take out your notes that you got when you came to today. I'm going to take it a little different switch, and um, I'm going to talk to you for a little bit about an issue in relationships that we all deal with. This is no respecter of persons. It, it's not a certain group. You could be an introvert. You can extrovert. You could be a business owner. You could be an employee. You, it doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter your gender. We all deal with this in our relationships, and I want to help you with it today. And I've titled it this. I want to give you lessons to learn from loneliness. Lessons to learn from loneliness. Because loneliness is everywhere. Even people that are in, mar in a marriage, in a relationship, they're battling loneliness right now. We live in a world, and it's right there in your notes, that it's one of the greatest crises in our culture is that we are more connected than ever before, but we feel more alone than ever before. And that's the world we're in today. And if we're going to deal with issues of relationships, we've got to talk about how do we deal with loneliness? How do we deal with it? Counselors call loneliness the emotional epidemic of the decade. And there's certain people that have avoided this entire series because they're so crippled by the loneliness they're in right now. And you're feeling it. And, and, and loneliness doesn't mean that you're not around people. You can be in a room like you're in right now, surrounded by hundreds of people, and be totally alone. You can be totally alone. Because here's what loneliness is. It's right there in your notes. Loneliness is a separation anxiety brought on by feelings of being disconnected, isolated, abandoned, and or without, here's the key, without intimacy in your life. And I'm not even talking about sexual intimacy. I'm talking about connection, connection with people. Like this idea that, man, I don't have anybody around me. And, and, and the more I talk to people, the more I realize how lonely people are. I remember we started the church here in, in South Tampa. There, there, you were, we were in the Britain Plaza and there's a bus route. And, and there was a guy who came off the bus route and he came into one of our services very first few weeks of the church. And he just stood there by himself. And we slowly got, started to get to know him. The next week he came back again. Next week he came back again. It was probably about six months before he ever sat in one of the services. You just sit in the foyer just to be around people. I remember my wife, who's like, she's an angel. She's like, there's nobody like her. I remember my wife came up one day and she said, hi, we're so glad that you're here. And she came and gave him a hug and he started crying. And he said, that's the first time I've been given a hug in over a decade. You just realize people are lonely. They're disconnected. So, so why do we experience loneliness in our life? Here, here's a few reasons. The first reason is because you're in a new season. You're in a new season. 
Things have transitioned. Your, your kids have moved off or, or the, 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 you just had a new baby or you changed jobs or, or you move and relocate and you get to a place and you, you, it's a new season. And, and you got to figure out how to navigate new seasons because we all go through them. And it's in those new seasons that you can feel alone. Nobody's with you during that time. Here's another one is that we just live in a world with social awkwardness. Can we just talk about it for a little bit? Like some people are just awkward to be around. And, and, and you don't know how to communicate with people. And then when you do talk, it's like weird. And I, I realize we're in a world today. I, I'm raising five kids right now. And one of my goals in life, obviously I want them to like love Jesus and love the church and love Katie and I. And then like right underneath there, I want them to be like not awkward. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, I'm like look at people in their eyes when they talk to you. You know, like it's just a big deal. And, and we have a whole generation and they're just stuck on their phones like this. And, and, and I'm not talking about 20-year-olds. I'm talking about everybody. Like, we're just stuck like this. And what I've realized is we're so busy talking like this, we don't know how to talk like this anymore. So, so there's a whole world that's just socially awkward, and, and, and you don't get invited back to the, to the party. You don't get, you know, to connect with people in the group. So, so you're, you're social awkward, and you just feel alone. And that's some people here today. Here's the third one, and this is so real, is because of loss. And somebody in here is experiencing that. You're experiencing real loss in your life. You, it's, a, it's a loss of, of a job. It's a loss of, of the marriage. It's a loss of the spouse. It's a loss of the friend. It's a loss of the season. And we've all had that in our life. And loss is so real. And I, I, I want you to hear this because I, I, I hear it from people all the time. Where, man, it's, I've been, we've been married 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And then, and then something happens. And, and something goes on. And then they experience this overwhelming grieving in their life. When it's just like, how, how do I deal with the loneliness? I've, I've always been around someone and now I'm not. And, and it's lost, brings loneliness in our life. Here, here's the fourth one. And I want you to understand this, is that we experience loneliness because of sin. Sin brings loneliness into our life. Why? Because at its root, sin separates. It always separates. So it separates it. It'll separate. It'll separate you and your friendships. It'll separate the marriage. When you're in sin, and that's, that's why we preach so much of living a life of purity and a life that honors God. Why? Because when you're in sin, you end up isolating yourself. So now you're battling that addiction and you're back into alcoholism and you're back into the, those drugs or you're back into pornography and you're pulling away from the people you love and you're sitting there. And what does it do? It isolates you. And if the enemy can isolate you, he's already got you half beat. He's got you half beat. So, so sin separates. We know through scripture that sin separates us from God. And I have good news for somebody today that's walked in here and you feel separated from God. Your sin has caused that. I want you to know there's a solution to your separation from God. And his name is Jesus. It's why he came 2,000 years ago. And you can receive him today and bring that relationship back together with God. So, so, so we're separated. And I want you to know this is not okay. It's not okay to live a life separated from the people of God and separated from God. Actually, you got to think about this. I preached on Adam and Eve a couple weeks ago. And in Genesis chapter 2, as we continue their story, the Lord looked at Adam and said, it is not good for man to be alone. Now, I think that's very, very important. That, that when God looked at him, the first thing throughout scripture, and you read it, you know, God made light and it was good. God made the plants and it was good. The first thing he looked at and said, it's not good, was that man was alone. That someone was by themselves. I wrote it down in your notes this way. The first thing God condemned was not sin, it was solitude. And that, that's why we're, we're continually encouraging people in relationships, continually encourage people to get connected within the church. But, but there's moments 
where you have to realize that there's seasons you're going through that you're lonely and it hurts and you feel like nobody's with you and I want you to know God's with you. God cares. God's with you. God, God, is, God understands your pain, understands your heartache, and I believe God's gonna bring some purpose to it today because here's why. This is the overarching idea of today's message and I want you to get this. Ready? Because seasons of loneliness can be full of pain, but I also want you to know they are full of purpose. I want you to hear it today. It's, 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 it's not God's intention for you to be lonely the rest of your life. It's not God's intention for you to be separated the rest of your life from community. But I want you to understand this. When there are seasons of loneliness, when the relationship doesn't work out, when there's not that connection in your marriage, when those kids move away, when you're having those moments of loneliness, I want you to know, I know they're painful, but they can also be purposeful. There's purpose behind them. So I'm gonna show you how, and I'm gonna show you how through a guy by the name of Elijah. Say Elijah. Uh, Elijah is one of those characters. He's a hero of the faith. He's the one that called down fire on the, on the altar on Mount Carmel. Like he's one of those guys that you look at, he's got some of the greatest miracles in the scripture. But we see in the book of 1 Kings chapter 19, and it's right there in your notes, we see how Elijah went from the high of life to the low of loneliness. But there was purpose behind it. And I want to show you the purpose behind your seasons of loneliness also. First Kings chapter 19, verse 1, it says it like this. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he'd killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me ever be ever so severely if by this time tomorrow I do not make them you like one of them. In other words, I'm, I'm going to kill you. So look what Elijah did. Elijah I, I wish we could say, you know, Elijah, full of faith, says, I called down fire before, I'll call it down on you right now, Jezebel. But he didn't. And this is what happens because even the greatest heroes of faith have moments of weakness. And Elijah ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba and Judah, look what he did. He left his servant there. He got to a place where he was totally 100% alone. Why? Why does God allow, I don't think he causes, but why does God allow seasons of loneliness in our life, in our relationships? And I want you to hear this. That's why I put it in this relationship series, because if you're not careful, you'll blame your loneliness on everybody else. And I want you to take ownership of going, maybe there's a reason God's got me in this season, so that I can get better, so that the relationships can get better. Three reasons, and I'll give them to you pretty quick. Number one, loneliness gives me a break to get better. It gives me a break to get better. And in your life, we're in this fast-paced environment in life where there's some things God wants to work out of us. And the only way God works it out of us is to get you to slow down enough, get alone. Like, I love our big gatherings. I love our Sunday services. But that's not where God does the deepest work in people's lives. And that's what happened with our guy in, in Elijah. Look what it says in verse four. It says, when he himself went, uh, he went, he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush and he sat down under it and he prayed that he might die. Talk about venting before the Lord, talking about some issues in his life. He says, I've had enough, Lord, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. My dad's got issues, my mom's got issues. We all got issues. He had this moment with God. And he laid down in the broom bush and fell asleep. And at once the Lord touched him and, and said, get up and eat. What did he have? He had a moment 
where he got there, and, and this is a guy who was experiencing miracle after miracle after miracle, then has a moment of depression, a moment of hitting the low, he's by himself, and he's finally honest with God and finally able to get real with God. And, and I realize in our life, and it's in your notes right there, that we as Christians aren't healthy because we're just always in a hurry. We're always in a hurry. And there's sometimes the Lord will slow you down and you'll be frustrated. You're going, I'm not getting invited to the parties anymore. I'm not, I don't have the friends like I used to have. And maybe, just maybe the Lord's trying to slow you down so that he can get you better. I did my doctorate a couple of years ago and when I did it, I had, to, had multiple like uh, weeks away for like intensive learning. And so one of the weeks away was on the beach. And so I was like, man, that sounds awesome. We're going to get there. We're going to learn a bunch of stuff, read a bunch of books, write a bunch of papers. So we get to the beach and the lady that's teaching the class and the class is on soul care. And like, I'm not a soul care guy. I'm like a give me a list and let's get stuff done kind of guy. So the lady, she, we get there and she's like, uh, she's like, so I just want you to know. And she's like a hippie kind of. She's just like, hey, this week we're just going to deal with the inner things of you. I was like, this is going to be a joke. So I remember she's like, so you're going to wake up in the morning. You're going to spend time with God. And I was like, check. I can do that. I do that uh, every day. She's like, and then she's like, you're going to get in a chair on your balcony. And you're going to look at the water. And you're just going to reflect on God for an hour. <laughs> now, I, I, I don't know how you roll. That's not how I roll. Like, like, I'm sitting there going, no, no, give me a paper to write. Give me a book to read. No, no reading, no, no music. No, no, just you and the waves. So I remember I, I woke up, worked out, did my Bible time, did my devotions, ready to go. I was like, all right, I got I to gotta get this assignment done. And I go and sit in the chair. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, starting to twitch. You know, you know it's like my ADD just kicks in. I'm like, what am I, what am I doing? I, I looked at it, I'm like, this has got to be it. I, I've, I had to have accomplished this. I looked down, it's been two and a half minutes. You know what I mean? It was a wrestle. It was so, it was like difficult. I, rem I remember getting into the class that, at that, right after that, that hour, which was like the most painful, longful, longest hour of my life. And I got there and I was like, that's the most ridiculous exercise ever. Give us something that's going to actually help us. And I remember the teacher telling me this. It's not in your notes, but I just want you to get it. She says, Aaron, I wonder if you're afraid to slow down because if you slow down, God might actually speak to you about something you need to change. It's like, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> little hippie. <laughs> Here's what I believe. I believe our lives are so full and so fast that we rarely slow down enough to focus on what God wants to actually fix. And I hate that you went through the breakup. I hate that the marriage isn't going great right now. I hate that. I'm going to help you with that next week. But this week, Maybe, just maybe, God's trying to slow you down because he wants to fix you. Maybe, just maybe, he wants to get you to slow down where you're not inviting, you're not out every single night with a bunch of people every single night because he wants to slow you down because there's something he wants to do deep in your life just like he did with Elijah. Because Corey Tim Boone says it this way, if the enemy can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And that's the fact, is that we get just so busy that we're, we're not able to let the Lord just really work on us. Lamentations 3.25 says it this way, the Lord is good to those who, and I don't like that word at all, but I want you to see it, who what? Wait, Wait for him. 
Like you gotta wait for him. You gotta have an Elijah moment where you get under a broom tree and you sit there and you go, I don't understand this season. I don't know what it is, but maybe there's just some stuff inside of me that the Lord's trying to work out in me. And, and, and here's what I want you to get. Here's your takeaway for point number one. Ready? When you're lonely, don't get bitter. Get better. Get better. You can be frustrated. I'm, I'm still single. I'm, I'm frustrated because the relationship's not great. I'm frustrated because the kids moved out of the house. But I want you to get better. And every listen, when people question your season, here's how you respond, Radiant. Ready? I'm just getting better. Well, well, you're not looking for something? I don't know. Maybe if God brings them. But I'm getting better in this season. Well, what are you going to do? You just experienced a loss. I don't know. But I'm just going to get better. I'm going to read some books. I'm going to connect more with the Lord. I'm getting better. And I just firmly believe that as I get better, my relationships will get better. As I get better, my future marriage will get better. As I get better, my kids will get better. Come on, can we give God a little bit of praise? God wants to get you better. Number two, here's the second one, ready? Loneliness gives me an opportunity to start fresh. So sometimes the Lord brings you into a lonely season in your relationships because he wants some things to die in your life so that you can walk into the new season that God has for you. And that's tough. But I'm telling you, when I look back after following the Lord now for 20 plus years and the relationships that I have so grieved I realized sometimes I look back and go, it had to happen. It had to happen. Thank God he allowed it to happen so that I could actually, it actually was so painful, but boy, did it have a purpose behind it because it was God's way of getting me to a place where it's almost he pushed a giant reset button on my life so that I could get a fresh start. And that's what he did with Elijah. The Bible says the angel came back a second time. Says, okay, I'm gonna get you better. And now, now that I got you kind of better, I got you, got you in church now, we got you through next step, we're getting you a little better. Then the angel touched him a second time. And look at this. And the Lord said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. Where God's taking you is too big for you to do, accomplish on your own. And I want you to hear that. It's not gonna be accomplished by your might or by your power. It'll be accomplished by his spirit, says the Lord. Journey's too much. So he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by the food, strengthened by God's word. Look at this. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights. 40 days and 40 nights is seen all throughout the scripture as the fresh season. New start. Jesus, 30 years. And then he goes 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. What happens? Fresh season. It's always symbolic of God wants to do something fresh in your life. 40 days, 40 nights till he reached Horeb, the mountain of the, God, uh, the Lord. And there he went into a cave and he spent the night. The Lord took him and said, I want to do something fresh in you, so I'm going to bring you by yourself for a season. Because when you come out of that cave, you're going to be a different man than you were when you came in. I want to speak prophetically over someone here today. You've been in a cave for a long time. And you feel like, I don't know the reason behind it. I think the Lord's trying to do, do a giant reset because where he's taking you next, he couldn't have taken those people with you. He couldn't have taken those, that group with you. He had so much in store for you. He had to bring you a season where you, you feel lonely. You look around and you go, I feel like I'm by myself. You aren't by yourself. God's with you. God's with you. He's leading you. He's guiding you. And I'm telling you, he's going to bring you somewhere. So, so here's the question you have to ask yourself when you're in a lonely season. It's what is God, what is the fresh start God wants to do? Maybe it's your reputation. And let me tell you, one of the great parts about loneliness is you're able to restart that reputation. <laughs> So you had a bad reputation in college. Well, you're in a lonely season right now. Start it fresh. Get a new reputation. Some of y'all, your resources. Some of y'all, you're too broke to be hanging out with those people you used to hang out with. 
Like, get a fresh start. Get on some Dave Ramsey. Come on, somebody. Like, get on a budget. You need, you need, a, re, you need a fresh start in that. Here, here's the third one. It's your relationships. Some of you, God brings you in a season of loneliness so that he can bring you the right relationships that will help take you to the next level. It, 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 it doesn't make sense in our mind because we want what's so happy, what's right in front of us. But the Lord works this out to say, you know what? There's people he wants to bring into your life, but you won't bring them into your life until you have a season without other people in your life. And we've seen this. The scriptures are very clear. Bad company, it corrupts good character. So many of you are frustrated about what's going on in your life. Let me tell you, here's how. I've learned that when God wants to change your life, I want you to get this, he usually changes your friends. And I hope you're getting that. I went through this at 16 years old um, where the, I got radically saved. And I was like, I was a fun kid. Like I was a party animal. I had a lot of fun. I had some like really awesome friends around me. And when I got radically saved, all of them stopped talking to me. Like I thought we were like ride or die. And they're like, die. Like it was just it. <laughs> it was not good. And I remember, I'm 16 years old, I remember going through that season. It's, loneliness hurts. Loneliness is it's worse now than it was when I was 16 because now you go on social media and you see how everybody else is having fun. And you're by yourself and it hurts, it aches. And I remember going to the Lord and I remember praying. There's been four times in my life where I've had transition or different seasons where I've had to pray this prayer. And I say, God, would you bring me the friend needed to help me get to the next level? Four times in my life I've had to do that. And it was a dynamic moment with me and the Lord where I said, God, I'm so alone. I don't have anybody. Would you please give me a friend that will help me go to the next level? Because I knew if God was going to change my life, he had to change my friends. So it was in youth group, and I'll never forget it. I was sitting there in youth group, and um, I looked over, and, you know, the, the youth pastor said, who, who likes this? And it was some kind of random pop culture thing, and this dude across the room raised his hand and said, I like that. And I was like, I'm the only one else that likes that. We're going to be friends. <laughs> and he became like my best friend for like a decade. Like an awesome guy. I'm where I am today because I had the right friendship to take me to the right level. Let me tell you, you're in a season right now, and I, I know it feels lonely. Here's what you pray to the Lord. God, give me a right friend. Give me that right friend. And if you're in high school and you're listening to this right now, one of the most crucial things you're going to do is pray that God puts the right friends in your life. Because you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You hang out with losers, you become a loser. You hang out with people that are chasing after God, you're going to be a God chaser. You hang out with winners, you'll be a God, you'll be a winner. I'm telling you, ladies, you hang out with people that are always complaining about their husbands and how their husbands are always messed up. Guess what? Your husband's going to be all messed up. You're going to become who you hang out with. You hang out with a bunch of people that say, we don't need anybody else in our life. We're just fine being up with us. No, 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 no. No, we're, we're going we're gonna to build the body of Christ. We're going to do this thing together. Who we surround ourselves with matters. Can I hear a better amen? So here, here, here's how we do that at Radiant. We're very practical. If you've never gotten connected here, get out, of, get out of the big group setting and get into some smaller groups. And you can do it in two different ways. One, you can join the dream team or you can join a Radiant group. And I would suggest you do both. Because you're going to find your closest friends and some of y'all are going to find your spouse in one of these two groups right there. And you, show up, and you show up to your radiant group and if it's all weird people, guess what? Go to a different group. Is there some groups I wouldn't join, that's for sure. Now, if you show up to four or five groups and they're all weird, you're the problem. You join, get on a team, start serving. 
It's not about what you're doing for the church. It's about you're serving the Lord. And as you're serving the Lord, you're getting people's phone numbers and you're connecting and you're hanging out. I, I'm, I'm telling you, find godly relationships this year. It'll mold your life. Because there's some kind of times the Lord brings you in a season of, of loneliness. Man, I feel the presence of God today. Let me just say this. Somebody in here and somebody in one of our campuses, you need to move on from that relationship that died. You're so focused on, and I didn't say this in any other service, I'll say it here. You're so focused on looking backwards, hoping that gets restored, and God's saying, I let that thing die so that I can have something else for you. Wow. Move on. I know it hurts. I know it's painful. God's got something better in the store for your future. Can we give them praise today, church? I'll close with this one. I've got three minutes left, and I'll be able to land this plane, then we're going to baptize a bunch of people. Number three. Loneliness is for my benefit. And here's your takeaway statement, because someone needs this today. Ready? Loneliness is for my benefit when it forces me to draw companionship from God that I would normally try to draw from other people. I went through a season. It was the hardest season of my life in loneliness when I, became a, I was a full-time missionary in Sri Lanka, 22 years old. I remember sitting there just... just and, and let me tell you, don't ever idolize people's life from a distance. You don't know the pain they're going through behind the scenes. I remember I was preaching all these conferences and preaching these events and thousands of kids in these programs. And I'm running all these things and I would go from the, I, I had Elijah moments. I would go from the high of the high and then I would go right to a low of the low, sitting in the hotel room by myself at night, just by myself, just lonely. I remember my mom always, she, she brings it up often. She's like, remember when you called me and, and yelled at me? And, and I don't ever yell at my mama. I'm like, she's like an angel. And I, I remember yelling at because I remember being in so much pain. I was like, I'm going to take it out on someone. I called my mom and I said, I'm here by myself and you have abandoned me and you don't. And these were like the days of like, we didn't have cell phones. These were like, you had to have like a calling card. Y'all don't know anything about no calling card number right there. You had to dial 1-800 and then try to like figure it out. Like then put in a code. It was all weird. I was, it was just, it's, it's lonely. But it was in that season where I remember my mom looking at me and saying, Aaron, we're on the other side of the earth. Find that companionship with God. That's what, that's what Elijah did. The word of the Lord came to him while he was in this cave. He says, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? And Elijah does what we all do in our seasons of singleness. He blames everybody else. He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty, the Israelites, them, those people, they have rejected your covenant. They've torn down your altars and they put your prophets to death with a sword. But I am the only one that's doing it right. Don't you feel like that at times? I'm the only one that's doing it right. And they're trying to kill me too. And the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. God gave me this message for the week three of this series because it's a challenge for somebody in here today that you're in a season, you're trying to blame everybody else for the reason you're by yourself and God's saying, I've got you by yourself because I want you with me. I want you connected with me. Let me tell you, don't find it in a person, find that companionship in his presence. When you are lonely, turn it into alone time with God. Alone time with God. Young adult, teenager, you're gonna have those moments. You're not invited out. Some of y'all are in here, you're, 
you're 50, 60 years old, you, you feel that disconnect, you're in a transition in life, you don't know how to deal with it, turn it into alone time with God. And when I look throughout the scriptures, I see throughout the scriptures that it was in the alone times with God that God did his greatest work. It was while Noah was alone that God spoke to him about the ark. It was when Abraham was alone that God promised him a child. It was when da- Joseph was alone that he had a dream about how he would rule over his siblings. When David was alone, that's the moment that he kills the lion and the bear before he ever got to Goliath. It was when Solomon was alone, God granted him wisdom. It was when the prophets were alone that God spoke to them. And it was when Jesus was alone. He even practices very early in the morning while it was still dark. Jesus got up, went to a solitary place. Why? To be with God the Father. I'm telling you, it's when you're alone with God that he gives you the power necessary to do what he's called you to do. Can we give him better praise today, church? Amen. Why don't we do this? Nobody moving around. Can we stand at all of our locations right now? If you are getting baptized, we celebrate you. We're going to baptize you in just a couple minutes. You are dismissed to go get dressed in the lobby. Well, don't get dressed in the lobby. You got the idea. Can I just challenge you with this? I know, I know there's a lot of people here and I know the tendency is to like rush out. Let me, let me just say this. The most impactful thing we do is what we're about to see on these stages across all of Tampa Bay. So just stick around for a few more minutes. You'll, you're, you're still gonna beat the Baptist to the buffet. Come on, somebody. Everybody looking up at me. I know what it's like to be in the cave. I know what it's like to be Elijah. I know what it's like to be surrounded by people but feel totally alone. And Jesus knows what it's like to. He knows what it's like to be rejected. He knows what it's like to ask his friends to be there for him in his darkest time and they fell asleep while he's praying. He knows what it's like. And that is why Hebrews tells us we serve a God who knows our pain. He knows the feelings of pain that you feel right now. He knows. He knows the aching loneliness. And that is why we have comfort to know that he is near us during those times. He's with us. So here's my last challenge. Turn those desires for intimacy with people into intimacy with God. Turn your attention from people towards companionship with God and watch how he will meet you in your darkest times. Jesus, I pray for your church right now. I pray even over these next couple minutes, God, as we take a moment and we worship together. Lord, will we turn our attention Lord, those who are lonely, those those who feel disconnected, those who are struggling even in the relationships they're in, God, we turn our attention to intimacy and connection with you. Come on, if you feel comfortable, why don't you stretch a hand towards heaven and say, God, in this moment, I turn my attention towards you. I turn my hope and my focus towards you. God, the intimacy that we look for in other people, we find it in you and in you alone, God. You are the one that satisfies. You are the one that can meet our every need. We look to you, God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Come on, Radiant Church, let's sing it together.
close, every head bowed, I want to give somebody an opportunity to start that relationship with God. Sin always separates us from God. And because of our sin, that's why you're feeling lonely. That's why you're feeling disconnected. You don't have to stay that way. That's why Jesus came 2,000 years ago. He lived a perfect life, died a horrific death for our sins. He was the sacrifice necessary for our sins so that we could have new life, have a relationship with Christ, so that we could have a fresh start. And he didn't stay dead. He rose again three days later, conquering death, hell, and the grave. He can help you overcome when you give him your life. If that's you on the count of three at every one of our locations, and you're saying, today's my day. Today's my day to go all in with God. Today's my day to be forgiven, to give him a fresh start. I want you to throw that hand up on the count of three. This is the greatest decision you're ever going to make with your life. I'm done being separated from God. I'm now ready to give Jesus my life. And I'm telling you, he'll forgive you right there in your seat and give you a fresh start. One, two, Come on, be bold. Three, if that's you, throw that hand up right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands all over this room. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you to those at Brandon and St. Pete, North Tampa, Clearwater. Thank you, thank you to those in West Chase. Why don't we all pray this prayer out loud together at every location, every single person. Say, dear Jesus, come on, say it loud. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. Thank you for dying for me. Forgive my past, my present, and my future. Wash me clean. Give me a fresh start for the rest of my life. You are my Lord and you are my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, let's give it up for those who just made the best decision ever. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.